0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. I don't paint people and things. I paint the way light reacts to people and things. This brings me to the basics about light and dark. And this is a quote by Harley Brown. And another one that I found when I was looking for quotes about light is, I have seized the light. I have arrested its flight. And that's by Louis de who is one of the fathers of photography as we know it today. And um, yes, I love that what you and I are doing in photography, we are seizing the light, we're arresting its flight. So welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We usually have conversations and my guests and I give you information directly related to our business success. We're usually talking about money, management, sales, mindset, marketing, all that good stuff. But today's class, I want to talk about something that is pretty key, pretty cornerstone to being successful, and that is the skill of using light in our work. Particularly, I'll be sharing about natural light. The truth is, we don't really have to be the best photographer in the world to make a living. We don't have to be award-winning or even have a defined style. But when we have a clear understanding of our craft, including how to work and use light to bring out the beauty of our subjects, to in effect, tell the visual story in a very powerful way that pleases us and our clients, our work is better. And it naturally falls that as long as we're doing everything else well in our business, having better work just makes it a lot easier to be profitable at least that's my opinion. I find that clients are more willing to invest well. And when I can speak to them about the artistry of what I've created in a way that positions me as an artist, as opposed to a craftsperson, it goes a long way in helping to um, assign value in what I do. And frankly, for me, knowing how to work with light and using it in a way that's just gorgeous especially in portraiture is a lot more fun this class is one that i've given many times both in person and online and it's called go towards the light how to find and use exquisite natural light when setting your scene here's another good quote i found a bunch (laughs) light has no weight and yet one is lifted on its flood swept high running up white golden light shafts as if one were as weightless as light itself, all gold and white and light. And that's a quote by Lauren Harris, L-A-W-R-E-N. So one thing to know is that this class has a matching PowerPoint that goes with it. And you will find the first superstar as my subject, which is my Barbie. (laughs) Um, If you want a copy of the slides from this, check the show notes so that you can download the companion class. You still can learn a lot by listening. You don't have to see it, but if you go to www.theprofitablephotographerpodcast.com, those show notes will be there and a link to how to receive them. And also, I want to thank you all in advance for subscribing to my show on iTunes, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast. That is the one way to give back to me and my guest, is to help more people hear us. Okay, so here's a little bit about me and why I love this topic of light. I've always been a light-oholic. <laughs> and guess what? My name, Lucy it means light. So it comes naturally to me. My first memory is of the morning light flooding into my nursery from the window. I had to be quite young because I remember being in my crib and seeing this light and um, funny thing. So I was born in Indiana and we moved when I was three and I was in Indiana. I had not been back there for 50 years at least. And I went to the little town and I drove around until I found the house and the woman that lived there, let me come in and go up to my bedroom, which was still there. And sure enough, there was a beautiful window that I had always kept in my mind and it faced east. So that means that I was seeing the morning light. So um, yeah, anyway, so it's my favorite thing. There's a few reasons why I love working with natural light, finding the light, knowing how to find it and how to work with it as a tool. First of all, photographing kids and I'll say weddings outdoors is very challenging. And without the need to have a lot of technology that I'm carrying around and metering and organizing and so forth, having an assistant to help me or setting up light stands. Being free of that is awesome. And number two, which is related to that. When I'm working, I love letting my subjects, especially the children, have some mm-hmm. physical freedom. And this means that when kids are moving around, the light ratios and exposures are going to change as they might like toddle into a shadow or they might walk out into an open shade area that has a little backlight. So... For me, that gives me freedom as well to be able to pop them into an area that has some nice light and a nice environment and get their attention or let them do what they're doing and capture those little moments. And I find that for me difficult when I'm also managing the left brain technology and the physical equipment. Number three, for me, the challenge of finding interesting backgrounds that will have gorgeous light falling on a subject in a way that's beautiful and creative is something I love. I love that challenge. Number four, I'm really more of a finder of my images rather than a designer. I plan where we're going to photograph. I help my clients be dressed well. And I know where I'm working, I know the time of day and what's going to be happening as the sun is moving through the sky, that I love letting the chasing of light be my muse as an artist. And I also love that I don't have to think up exactly what I'm going to do. I have the skills to be able to create it as I go. Here's another great quote. Always keep the direction of the light source clearly in mind and keep asking yourself, how light is it? How dark is it? And that is a quote by a living artist called Leonie Duff. And when I looked up her work, I realized if I was a painter, I would probably paint very similarly to her. I've done a little dabbling in painting, but I like the uh, quickness of photography. So. I have all these great quotes so I'm just going to be sprinkling them in here. Okay. As a photographer, I love working with the natural light and for the most part, if you go to my website or you see any of my photography, it is using light that I find. I do have a studio and so now and then you'll see some studio photography, but even indoors, I love to use window light and door light and even a garage (laughs) when I can. And I don't use reflectors generally because I just like to find what's bouncing around in a scene. So I guess you'd say it was a natural light photographer quote around that before it was a thing. Um, Often I find that when people say that about their work, that they're natural light photographers, I see in their work a lack of using light as a sculpting tool. I like to say that I use light the way that a sculptor uses a chisel. And so if some of you are natural light photographers, what I hope you get from this episode is an understanding of how you can make your images even more powerful. And especially when people are looking at the camera to have, you know, the, the eyes bright and, and that deep connection with your subjects. I don't know if that makes sense, but um. It may more as we go along. I want to help you see the light and understand how to use it a lot better. (laughs) One of the things I took a class one time, and then shortly after that, I went on vacation with a boyfriend. We were in kind of rural Utah after skiing, and it was late in the day. And all of a sudden, I went, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And he was like, what, what, what? He thought maybe aliens landed. And I said, look at the light on those cows. <laughs> and there's something that happens in our brains as we continue to learn how to see that then reflects in our work. And it's, it's just my favorite thing. So how did I start thinking, I need to learn how to do this? Well, when I first got started, I was assisting wedding photographers and some portrait photographers. And I noticed that there were some images that I loved more than others. So I started paying attention to what the photographers were doing and asking them why. And what I discovered is that it was when they found images where there was a beautiful pocket of shade that was bouncing some really nice directional light into the eyes, often there was a little bit of backlight, um, but that's where... I first saw that there was something different that I really, really loved. Now, at the beginning of my journey, and I know this is true for a lot of people, I loved overcast days because, of course, there are not the harsh shadows that make it more difficult to get the whole scene lit properly. But then I began to see that this kind of light tends to create no shape in the face, other than there might be shadows in the eyes or bright spots on the forehead or the cheeks. And in true portraiture, lighting the face is the starting point, at least for me. And then one of the lessons I learned that changed everything is that we need light, but we also need shadows. That is what creates an impactful portrait. When the light is directed and shaped to create depth, to flatter the subject, to brighten the eyes in a way that we can almost see into the soul of our subjects. Okay, here's another good quote that I found. You have the sky overhead giving one light, then the reflected light from whatever reflects, then the direct light of the sun. And that's by one of my favorite painters who, oh my gosh, the way he works with light, especially late afternoon, is Winslow Homer. You might want to Google him and you'll fall in love also. Okay. So there's one other story I wanted to share before I actually get into the PowerPoint part of the program the details. And it's about the experience that I had at a week-long class in San Diego through the West Coast School Organization. It's a Professional Photographers of America affiliate. And the mentor was Dean Collins. Dean Collins is the god of all things light. If you can find his tapes and his lessons and study them, you will never be the same. Now, he's big on using artificial light, whatever he can to get what he wants. But that's a a different subject. (laughs) Um, But we had had a model shoot at the beach. And after it was done, we were commenting to him, oh, my gosh, that model was gorgeous. And he just casually said, Yeah. We bounced some really nice light off her. And I thought about that and how he was so about using the light that instead of being like, Oh, it's a beautiful subject. He was, you know, that thought that he was bouncing the beauty of the light on her, just, it really sunk into me. And um, I don't know why it just tickled me. And then we were at the beach on a cliff. We had picnic. And then when it got dark, he pulled out a flashlight and he pulled out a pie pan and he gave me a lesson, not just me, but he gave us a lesson on the direction of light. And you can do it with a ball. You can do it with someone's face, but I highly recommend that you get an object, you get a flashlight and you play and uh, see what happens. When you do short light, broad light, split light, flat light, backlight, all of that. Okay. So at this point, I'm going to be following my PowerPoint program. And again, if you go to the profitable photographer you can get the slides. But even without it, I know that this will be valuable. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little story. Once upon a time, there was a photographer who found herself on a strange planet. On this planet, there was only sun and a beautiful subject, the photographer and her camera. And of course, all the food and water that she needed and those basic things. But, uh, and the sun never set. It was always somewhere between two and four, which means there was never sweet light. A unicorn flew down on a rainbow, (laughs) this is slide number three, and granted her the wish that she could ask for anything she wanted as long as it didn't come from a store in order to be able to create a beautiful portrait of her subject. So think about it. What would you ask for? You cannot ask for a reflector that comes from a store. You can't ask for a flash or a strobe or a light modifier or um, even a flashlight. So here's what she asked for. She asked that the planet have a forest, a wall, a hallway, a window, or a cave. No matter how beautiful our subjects, how successfully we evoke emotion, select a gorgeous location, or the perfect wardrobe, how the photographer uses light is the most essential choice. Without great light, even the most amazing sessions will have something missing. And that's a quote by me. So you can't find that anywhere. Okay. So I'm going to repeat. She wanted a forest, a wall, a hallway, a window, and a cave. And so, as I mentioned, today's program, I got to photograph the first supermodel Barbie, and she's still looking pretty good for her age. Um, <laughs> she's had some plastic surgery, just kidding. But, uh, Now, what's interesting is when I was trying to figure out how to get a subject and photograph them for this program that I was giving, I just had this flash idea of finding my Barbie, which it was the second edition. And if you take a look at the slides, you'll see that with the right light, she looks like your new best friend. And with the wrong light, She looks like she's been on drugs and hasn't slept for weeks. And it's just the light, which is amazing. So, the forest, I'm calling this program the first tree in the forest lighting, or I call this kind of light. What the first tree of the forest lighting is, is that you have a place where, where you step the subject just underneath something that would block light from coming overhead. The problem with uh, outdoor lighting that's overcast or after the sun has gone down is that there is no direction other than it's coming from the sky down. So to me, the only way to get, to me, the only way to get a great portrait in that scene is either lay them on the ground so that they're looking up at the sky or get up on a ladder and have them looking up at me, which actually can be a really beautiful portrait with children when you have them sit down and look up at you, but that's not the bread and butter of fine portraiture. So if you imagine that you're approaching a forest and you're in the sunshine, let's say you're in a meadow, And there's this thick, thick forest. The ideal spot to do a portrait of somebody, assuming that the environment in the background is pretty, is to step them just under the first tree or so. So you might even be standing in the sunshine, but there is a sweet spot where you'll see if you take a subject and do this, you can also do this with a window. You can do this with uh, a door or your garage but have them be just on the edge where there's still light coming from the sky but then have them step inside this this cave this forest and you'll see a moment when the light in their eye just pops and is gorgeous now if they keep stepping back 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 the light's going to die again and what's happened is you've created, if it's a forest and you're stepping under, they're stepping under the first tree and the tree has to be thick. So if it's speckly light, that's a whole other conversation. But what you've done is you've created a great big soft box where the light is directing straight at them in the, you know, as you point your camera to them, the light is going in that same direction. Now, if you want to create shape, then there's ways that that you can step into the shadows as well. And they can turn and you can get Rembrandt lighting. You can turn another way where they're they're uh, looking straight out and that's like butterfly or or Hollywood lighting. But that is the core of the first tree in the forest. And that is the problem I see with so many photographers before they understand this principle is where the heck's the light coming from. So the other key ingredient that is the, let's say the shorthand for, um, Hey, do I like the light? And this is also true in the studio is if the eyes, if you think of them like an old fashioned clock, (laughs) I was thinking about this just a couple of days ago that now we're getting our time on uh, the phone and other digital watches and things. And there'll be a point where people might not even know what a clock face is. I hope that never happens. Anyway, so imagine a clock face with the hour hand and the minute hand. And you want the light, the main light to be at 10 o'clock or two o'clock. If it's Any lower than that, nine o'clock, eight o'clock, or three or four, or hopefully not six, the the face is not illuminated as beautifully. Now, if you have a big wide light source coming straight at them, it it might be lighting up the whole 10 to 2. But what you want to be careful of is that you're not seeing light that's bouncing from the ground and coming up under their chin, To kind of create, I call it the Frankenstein light. When we take a a flashlight and we put it under our chin and we go, boo. And that's where you will learn to see, see, see that moment when it's not bouncing from the ground too brightly. And it's just this gorgeous, gorgeous light coming directly at them. Does that make sense? I hope so. Okay. Slide number 12. So I'll describe this to you. Uh, I have this black fabric box. I'm calling it Barbie's condo because she and Ken divorced and she had to sell the dream house, (laughs) but she's much happier. Uh, And so I've got a photograph of her standing in shade, but right in front of this black box, or you can think of it as a garage. And what you'll see is that there's light that's bright on her forehead and her cheeks And her hair, but her eyes are in shadow. And then the next slide, I pop her inside the quote unquote cave or the Barbie's condo. And she has the most gorgeous light on her face. And primarily we're lighting her eyes well. And there's no weird highlights in on the cheeks and on the chin and shadows under the nose that we don't like. So next is some of the challenges with dappled light, which is where possibly you're under a tree, but you're either not pointing towards the sun. Let's say the sun is still out and there's some some brightness coming through the trees. If you turn her back to the sunshine, then her face will be in shade. But if you're not careful, because our eyes don't always see this, If you're not careful, you won't notice the speckly qualities that can come with light coming through the trees. And it'll be later that you're like, oh, what do I do now? So always, now it can be tricky to block the sunshine from hitting our lens. You want to be careful of that. And um, sometimes it's fun to do that. And we call it flare. And we said, we mean to do it. But as a day in, day out technique for portraits, we want to know how to get the quality of light on the face. All right, so let's talk about if you're indoors and you're using a window. You can use it as a main light source and you wanna turn your back to the window so that the subject is facing the window. And again, you want to find that place where the light is the most beautiful. It is not always easy to get the window in a window photograph because it's a main light source. Think about in the studio, what would happen if you wanted to include your your softbox? It would be, the softbox would be too bright. So overall, I use windows and doors as softboxes as opposed to objects. Now, if the light is overcast outside, That can be a bonus at that point, because when you're doing interiors, you can get some light coming in through the windows as part of the scene. That can be nice. But in general, you want to just think of it as a giant softbox. So slide number 16, another way to get good light and good shape is, is the wall. I mentioned that the photographer who was on the Strange Planet ask for a wall. What's nice with the wall is in general, unless it's a south facing wall, you're going to have a pocket of shade. And if you turn the subject, so they're kind of leaning against the wall, the wall will absorb some light and the shade will have some light bouncing in. So you get some highlights and shadows in the mask of the face. And uh, that can be a a good workaround. All right. So one other thing I highly recommend you study, and this is slide number 17, is different, um, we call it light patterns, short light, broad light, flat light, split light, rim light, profile light, all that good stuff. And when you're working with a fixed light source, like a window or a door, or the light coming in the first tree in the forest, you can't move the light around, but you can move the subject. So the first thing you want to think about is lighting the mask of the face well. So that uh, there's a little shadow on one side, maybe a little kiss of light on the cheek, that brighter light on the other side, and nice little catch lights in both eyes. And what you can do with that is you can get a nice, broad lit portrait which is where the larger side of the face as it's pointed to the camera is the brighter side and then you can step a little bit let's say to the left and if if it was camera right it has the broad light and suddenly the subject's going to be short lit and then you can move around and she'll have the perfect profile light so I know that one's kind of hard to think about or see, but hopefully uh, you know what I'm talking about or you've seen these slides. Oh, so in conclusion, in the PowerPoint, beautiful portraits start with the light. The scene can be gorgeous, the emotions deep and touching, but for me, it is the light that falls on the subject's face that gives it that magic. The study of light has been an over 39 year, or if we say from, you know, my crib that's more years than that, but a love affair for me. And I want to challenge each of you to learn more about portrait lighting and then also learn how to find the light out in the world. And that will just make such a difference in your work and Therefore, as your work is more powerful with the light that you find, I think you'll be able to charge more. You'll be more comfortable charging more. You'll have more confidence. So that's it for today. And I'm super excited that you joined me today on something that's a little more in the craft of photography and the art. And I would love for you to spend some time looking at people's work that you like and looking at some work where, or maybe even your own or friends or paintings, whatever you can to start to discover that, that sweetness when the light is a big part of why the, the image is super powerful. So remember to review and share on iTunes, Go to photographerpodcast.com Get in touch if you want any kind of support or if you'd like to give me a hot tip on somebody that you think I really should have on my show. I'm always looking for great guests that inspire and teach in a big way. So here's my quick summary. Let's see if I can do that without taking notes on my own conversation. You need to have a direction of light. Oh, something I didn't say. One of the reasons sweet light works that late afternoon or early morning light is because the light is low and the shadows and highlight difference is a lot less. It's a lot bright, but you're able, you'll notice in the sweet light to get that light in the eyes. Sometimes I see people who are doing portraits right around twilight and they're pointing the subject's back to the sunshine and and i'm like oh y- you put the sun to your back and look at the light on the faces because that is when it all comes together so the the core of this is to think about the the fact that light needs a direction in order to be beautiful and you don't have to always control it you can take the time to learn how to find it. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned. Until next time, bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.